0: Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. This series focuses on elevating and inspiring women and girls into or to remain in the tech sector from the classroom to the boardroom. I'm Kelly Kwarteng, founder and CEO of Halzac and host of the show welcome to another episode of elevate women in tech i'm thrilled to be speaking to you today with not one but three brilliant women behind the brown girl league a community cultivating personal and professional growth for ambitious ethnic minority women in tech another interesting fact is that they all entered the tech world through apprenticeship programs um, and are here today to share their story so let's meet these amazing women first of all we have Jaina Bala, a project management degree apprentice at Leonardo, Tara Saran, a senior management consultant at IBM, and Sonal Jain is a software engineer at Goldman Sachs. So. In terms of us getting started, ladies, if it's okay with all of you, normally I introduce our guests, but as there's three of you and you've all of you've got an interesting uh, background, it would be great for you to introduce yourselves and just give us a little bit more about your journey into tech and the careers that you hold today. Tara, would you like to go first? Um, so I have a bit of a, um, a bit of a whirlwind
1: of a journey as to how I ended up at IBM. Um, I actually did my first apprenticeship at a solicitor's firm and, and I was a private client legal advisor. So I was responsible for countrywide mortgages as clients and um, creating their wills, estates and trusts, um, estate planning and trusts as well. Um, and from there, I just realized, you know what, there are a lot of transferable skills that can go from kind of like legal advising into consulting. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really know much about the tech world either, but just Felt like the natural progression was the level four, um, to IBM. So I applied for IBM, and four years on, I'm still here. I'm now working on public sector clients, doing digital transformation work. I've had a range of technical and non-technical roles, um, and yeah, so far can't complain at all. Um, had a great time, and yeah, absolute pleasure to be with both Sonal and Jaina as well to have now obviously started the Brand Girl League. I'll.
2: thank you um hi everyone my name is sonal jane and as kelly introduced i am a software engineer at goldman sachs um having done my apprenticeships i wasn't really sure um what career path i wanted to go down i was i went back and forth between going down the banking and finance route and going down the technology route and having been back and forth quite a few times i decided to um, pick computer science to study at university, and when I was applying to study computer science, um, I came across degree apprenticeship programmes, and I thought the the programme that presented itself was the perfect opportunity to learn coding, learn those technical skills, while having exposure to the financial markets, while working in an investment bank. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought having done a number of work experiences, I felt like I was ready to jump into the corporate space and just get started. Um, so yeah, I successfully secured a place on the Goldman Sachs program and I've been here for three years entering my final year of the apprenticeship. Now, um, I've worked in a number of teams across the firm and I currently sit in the credit sales and trading tech team where I'm building out, um impactful projects for the sales and traders that's a little bit about my journey to gf Jana,
3: hello i'm Jana, and i am a second year. oh i'm now a third year project management degree apprentice actually i just hit my second year anniversary so it feels incredible to actually be moving forward in the apprenticeship scheme and still be loving it um thank you so much kelly for having us on here as well just to echo the thanks from before i joined my apprenticeship scheme straight after school so after my a-levels after receiving four A stars, so despite receiving all of my university offers and despite receiving incredible grades, I really thought that a degree apprenticeship was the best thing for me and I'm so glad I did it because I have enjoyed every step of the way. So whilst I'm learning and I'm studying at the same time and I'm learning on the job, the amount of opportunities I have had as a degree of friendship are incredible in comparison to what I could potentially have achieved at university. So when I look back on it a degree apprenticeship has definitely allowed me to excel further than I thought I could have in
0: two years. Wow. And I think, you know, it's pretty amazing. All three of you have had such um, interesting careers, come from backgrounds, Tara being a legal advisor to a management consultant, senior management consultant today, Sonal, you know, being on that computer science degree apprenticeship. All of you are working for for huge companies. Um, and Jaina, you know, I think perception of apprenticeships is that, You go to an apprenticeship as another option and i think you're just testament to show you know four eight stars at a level and then going down the apprenticeship route as opposed as opposed to um, university um i think would be a really interesting place for us to i suppose to dive into next so you know you all started out your your journeys on apprenticeship programs versus the traditional go to university degree routes so what benefits would you say that you found from taking this alternative training route? Because you get into the same outcome, you're all having degrees at the end of that, but you're having a much varied experience to probably the traditional routes that most people would take. So, Jaina, if it's OK with you, um, I think this would be a great question to, to pass your way. So, yeah, what benefits have you found from Going down the apprenticeship degree route as opposed to the traditional degree route in university. I think the
3: initial benefit I could say is that you are applying everything you learn as soon as you sort of learn it. So coincidentally, coincidentally, a lot of my placements, a lot of my modules do line up. So as I'm on a project management degree apprenticeship, I move quite around the business quite a lot, and I spend time in risk management, I spend time in finance, I spend time all different business functions, and it's a coincidence that all my um business my degree um, modules also line up so when i'm learning about the theory behind scheduling for example i'm in a project management placement i'm able to actually apply that knowledge directly into the work i'm doing and even now when i move around to my different placements is i'm able to sort of reconnect with that knowledge i've learned previously and by previously it's only a month ago a few weeks ago and then apply that directly so i've got this whole this whole sort of um picture of sort of theoretical way to project manage a project and be able to apply that as well and i also think when you come out of school you are a completely different person to who you are a year into your apprenticeship or two years into your apprenticeship let alone who you are when you're finished so someone you're almost in your final year now and the person you are now is going to be so different to the person that you were at 18 years old and i think that development that i've experienced in myself anyway has been incredible one of my managers um came to me as well he said I've seen you from who you were on day one and who you are now and it's a completely different person so I think the fact that you've developed yourself so much as an individual on your apprenticeship scheme whether that is how you speak your confidence your ability to make connections your ability to be more responsible for the projects you're working on and having that direct impact into business you are 100% a different person and I think it's only for the
0: better. I think that's amazing and like you said it's that ability to take what you're learning and instantly put it into the real world a traditional degree course I did a traditional degree course at university and it wasn't until I left and then a couple of years into the job that I had that some of the skills that I learn I actually use and then it's using skills that then are you know a couple of years out of date and I'm having to refresh myself on it so it's great to hear that you're both you're learning as you go but it's that personal professional development as well like you said confidence and everything else so yeah um what a fantastic way to to kind of enter into the tech world and another option for people to consider you know being in that schooling environment is just not for, for everyone. And I think being in a work environment and getting that degree, um, I think is, is such a, a fantastic set of skills that, that can, be, um, can be achieved. Jobs that you're in today and the companies that you're working for. We always say within the women in tech or even just any kind of industry, you can't be what you can't see. So it's that kind of, who was those role models? Who's, who were those people that inspired you to step into that? And some people are fortunate to have fantastic role models, other people, it's just not something that that's available for them. So did any of you have any role models or mentors that inspired you to pursue these high, high profile apprenticeship schemes? Um, and what empowered you to pursue tech careers? Um I'm going to throw that one over to you, Sonal, if that's OK.
2: The thing about role models and you're completely right in saying what you can't see, you can't be. And I think when I got to know Tara and Jaina, we all stumbled across the fact that we 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 actually bonded over the fact that we didn't have those asian women female like leadership um that we could look up to and i think for me personally i didn't know any brown asian woman who was leading in the tech sector so i didn't actually have any role models to follow my mentors were um i did have a couple of asian women mentors who were in other industries like finance or law, but there wasn't anyone in the tech space. And I think even going to uni, I can see not, not many ethnic minority girls in, in my cohort, Um, which, which for some people may, may be, may be demotivating, but what did empower me to pursue a tech career was that I always saw myself as a problem solver. I do think that tech is such a, such a versatile sort of role and industry where you can completely delve into all the different aspects of it. There's multiple sort of paths that you can take within the tech space and they all boil down to building these technical problem solving, logical thinking skills that I knew for someone like me, I really wanted to sharpen that toolkit of set uh, toolkit of skills. Um, And at the same time, looking at career prospects, the tech industry is rapidly evolving and it's continuously impacting all the other job sectors. And having an apprenticeship where you've worked in the tech space under your belt, just puts you four years ahead of the game i think when you come out of that that program and for like like i mentioned i i'm not really sure what i want to do in the future but i know that building that problem-solving skill set through a tech career will definitely give me the transferable skills that i need to explore my um career options future down the line so to to sum up i think for for all three of us i think we didn't really have those role models for us when we were jumping into our careers and that's something we want to work on and through the brown girl league that is one of our sort of um, missions to build that representation so that young girls coming into choosing their um, future career options have those role models to look up to
0: perfect and i think you know we're going to come on to brown girl league um a little bit later on, because I think there's some amazing things that, that that you ladies are doing. But I think what you said there, you know, your career prospects after finishing your apprenticeship, one million percent will put you four years ahead of anyone that's coming out of any computer science degree course or whatever course it is that they're they're coming out of. And um, you know, I think it's I wish it was something that was more readily available looking back when I was coming through because I think it would have been something I would have loved and thrived to to being. And there's more and more acceptance for the apprenticeship kind of pathway into to careers and that training and learning. So, um, it's great to hear your journey and kind of where where you've come from. And I'm going to be completely honest. And this is something that at IBM, like you,
1: you are, everyone's technical. I remember when I first joined, I was like, I'm I'm just not technical. Like I I really don't know much about IBM. I'm not too sure what they do. And then before I applied, like I researched a little bit, and you know they created the barcode and they sent the first man on the moon. And I'm still there, like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And I was asked, like, so how did you hear about IBM? And it must have been off one of the kind of like uni, web, like not going to uni websites. Um, and I was like, to be honest, I shop a lot at Zara and I see like the IBM logo on the tills. Um, so I think that's <laughs> that's about as far as my interaction with, with IBM has gone. Um, but at the time, the CEO, Ginny Rometty, um, had a very famous quote, which was that comfort and growth do not coexist. Um, and I think just like Sonal and Jonah as well, we're not, we're not shy of kind of, you know, tackling things head on and being uncomfortable to gain that growth as well. So it was very much a case of, you know what, actually the technology world, I'm not a software engineer. I, I'm not going to sit and read code or anything like that. But you know what? I spend a lot of time on my phone. Surely that's technical enough. Um, and I have an interest in it as well. Like I, I see kind of, you know, what, what we're doing within like the health sector and, and how, how inspiring that is. Why would I not want to be a part of that? And when there are kind of like, you know, things like the apprenticeship schemes and, and roots into it, which will give you that basic foundation and then allow you to decide where you want to go from there. Why not? Um If we're being completely honest, especially with kind of like everything that's going on with AI, everything is technology focused. So it's no longer kind of a a sector that's separate to everything else. It's a sector that's across absolutely everything. So when looking at why not, why, whether or not to apply for a tech sector role specifically, I just don't see, I don't see why not at this point.
0: Perfect. And I love that quote, comfort and growth do not coexist. Was that the the state? I love that. Not heard that one before. So um, I'm going to use that in future episodes i think
1: but it's so true one that i originally started i originally used in my interview and
0: even now when i go for promotion cases i i still use the same quote in terms for 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 girls and women that are listening in um and they're probably sitting there and you mentioned there yourself i'm not from a tech background you know i always say i'm not technical um but i help people hire technical people so i have a baseline understanding of what the technical roles do Obviously, I use a phone, I use technology, so I am technical in a in a very small way, nothing like a, a coder, like, like you mentioned. But for women and girls that are sitting there that haven't had that opportunity to have role models, like you all mentioned, you didn't have that role model that worked in tech that inspired you, I must become a project manager or a software engineer. What doubts or concerns that they might be having today thinking right the tech industry wow it's super scary it is very male dominated i just don't belong there so what advice would you give to anybody that's sitting there feeling like that today thinking i'd love to explore it but i just don't think i belong i'm gonna throw it open to all of you that's okay
1: i think just to reiterate as we've already mentioned as well like the tech sector is so broad now everywhere is going to be incorporating technology so it's one of those as well, where it's like, if you don't see representation, then let's start to create representation there. Um, like there is also a bit of a duty on us to ensure that we are making sure that we're we're creating those pathways for individuals that look like us, that are from our communities and are from our backgrounds as well.
3: And just to add as well, I didn't have a tech background at all. When I started working at Leonardo, I did my A levels in English, English, English literature, psychology, geography, and EPQ and languages. And I think just having that passion that fundamental fire inside of you to do it is enough for you to know you've got permission from yourself to go chase and go follow what you want to do.
2: I'll, I'll add um, it can seem daunting at the start. I, I remember going into my first lecture um, although it was during COVID but my first in-person um, lecture at, at university and it's just a room full of people and I, I didn't feel like I fit in to be completely honest. Um I did I did think that surely there are peop- surely shor- surely more people who are going to join computer science that look like me um but to be fair it wasn't the case and like like Tara mentioned it is our responsibility to encourage and motivate others who do have these sort of reservations about joining um t- traditionally male dominated industries and the advice I would have for them is just to throw yourself in the deep end and you will you will end up swimming like you 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 feel it it is all about mindset i think that that's something that we've all come come to learn is that nothing is too difficult nothing is a huge problem it's just your mindset about approaching it so if if you can treat it more more as a a way of okay i'm in this situation how what's the what can I do in my current position when I'm surrounded by these people and I feel like I don't fit in? So what I did was I joined um, sort of Hindu society at my university. I joined um, sports societies. I joined dance societies. So I did try and put myself out there and connect with people, even if they weren't directly in my lecture room. But I did find go out my way and find those people who I can connect with because... To be completely honest that wasn't around me when i first joined um and you have to sort of be proactive um in in that role but yeah like 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 we've said we're we're working towards it we're building that representation and i think it's going to get better over the years
0: and i completely agree with you i think as that representation builds you know we would hope that this is a topic that we just don't need to talk about in the future and hopefully it's a future that's not too far away if there's people like yourselves that are advocating to to bring that sense of belonging for all and I think it would be really a nice transition for us now to come away from kind of talking about the apprenticeship side of things that you've all been on um and for us to really talk about your brown girl league community um and obviously that is about building that sense of belonging and a, a sense that you know you you are where you need to be and you have a space in that room at that table so to speak so if you could um sonal i'm going to throw back back to you so please don't please don't disappear on me um can you give us a bit more information to the group um around you know what was the motivation behind um launching the brown girl league and why did the three of you feel that this community was was really needed
2: I think this is one of our favorite stories to share um, because it's a real testament to, to what we've created. So it actually started with me sending a cold message to Tara and Jaina saying, Hey, I'm a tech apprentice at GS. I noticed you guys are also apprentices in other sectors and I'd seen them on LinkedIn commenting and sort of, they had a real presence and I I'm someone who gets motivated by people who are sort of on the same page on, on like who are driven who are ambitious who are going putting themselves out there and doing amazing things and yeah it it started there i dropped a message and said you guys sound amazing let's let's meet up for a coffee um and we ended up going to dinner um and from the get-go we we all hit it off i think whether it was personal lives professional lives career development um friendships we all had a similar foundation and a similar sort of drive in what we were trying to do and i think that yeah, we we ended up talking for hours. I think we stayed out from lunch till like ten, eleven PM. It was, it was amazing to think about now. And that's sort of where the idea launched because surely we, we realized that surely it can't only be us three that feel that there is a need to have a network of people where you can connect on multiple levels. I know, I know we have people at work who we can go to for professional development, um, we have sort of friends and family who we can go to with personal things. We have sort of mentors outside of our work and li- uh, work and pr- uh, personal lives who we talk to about sort of wider wider issues in society. but there's no one that we can really go to who understands all the pieces of the puzzle, right So that's and I found that when we first met up, we found that in each other we could talk about anything and everything and it was very it was a very warm sort of feeling to have to to be able to connect with people like that and that's sort of where the idea stemmed from to create the brown girl league and we all knew that people in our in our circles who would really benefit from having having a community where you have a similar background you have a similar drive you have similar professional goals and just bringing all of that all of that community together would really help us build a peer peer support network essentially where we can uplift one another um, and sort of bring that representation into the corporate world too.
0: And that that is truly amazing and I think when I speak to women in tech and they talk about community and they felt like they didn't belong in in certain kind of pools that they're in and how the thing that they had to do was go and seek that community and and find who it was that they belonged with. And it's amazing that the three of you had that initiative um, to start the Brown Girl League. And, you know, I'm excited to see where things go and how you're going to support other people that have felt the way that that, that the three of you have felt and hopefully, like we said, help to bridge that gap and encourage more um, into industries that maybe they feel that they they, they didn't belong because they just didn't have that network or that support. So that's amazing. So for anyone that's listening and wants to know more about Brown Girl League, we will be sharing how to connect with that a bit later on. In terms of the the Brown Girl League in itself, when did you actually start? When did you come together? When did it start? And what's been your biggest reward so far from um, cultivating this network for ambitious ethnic minority women? Great question.
1: Um, so we actually all got together in Feb. I don't, Jane, am I right in saying that we didn't actually post on LinkedIn until July?
3: Was
1: yeah, you, was it, Yeah, Early July. So, yeah, so end of July was when we were like, you know what, we'll just, we, we'd been talking about it and we, we had our plans and goals together. So we were like, let's just create like, you know, a, a filler page for the time being. And then we posted, I don't even think we'd actually posted anything and and we just, the traction was just insane. And then it it didn't hit very long and we're talking about end of July and now we're what nearly mid, middle of September and we've already hit over 1300 followers on LinkedIn, which has been absolutely unreal um and we had our first ever in-person pre-launch event on friday and i think it's fair to say the three of us got quite teary at the end of it like we all just like kind of looked at each other and, and like there were there were a few tears of uh, by a few, i mean quite a, quite a few between us and we were like oh my god we we just did that like like the the feeling that the buzz that we had was absolutely insane like i have never been in a room of over 20 ethnic minority women, all from different um, walks of life and all, all from different companies as well together, just basically saying, oh my God, we needed this. Like, oh my, oh my God, this is this is what I've been missing. Like, I can't believe, and it, and it is that case of like finding your tribe as well. And it was one of those where it's like, whenever someone would say that they felt a certain type of way, other people were like, oh my God, it's not just me. Like, that's, that's a common feeling that you guys all have. And that was honestly such a highlight. Like we, we basically all got together. There were, we'd, we tried to invite as many people as we possibly could. And within an hour, we had to actually stop um, allowing people to, to sign up um, because we, we were over subscribed already. And it was about building the foundations of the league as well. So it's how we're getting more ethnic minority um, women within the corporate space um, to to join the the Brown Girl League as well. Um, So we spoke about our three different pillars, um, them being around career progression, um, personal development and self-development as well there we go (laughs) um so the the three pillars that we've got as well um and it was just really interesting because a lot of people had like really similar ideas to the ones that we'd had already um but yeah definitely I think the the biggest highlight was just everyone getting together and feeling like home I think that was a sentence that was used by so many people um was just like oh my gosh we actually feel at home and can't wait to just continue that feeling with with more people as well
0: that's amazing and it's and it's interesting, like you said you know that the, there was the three of you you found a tribe in yourselves, and now these other women just from your pre launch event and it's insane that after an hour you had to to close down the subscriptions for people to come along um I think it just shows you why what you're doing is so important and it's gonna be so impactful for 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 everybody really so um yeah exciting times ahead by no means um and looking forward to to seeing seeing where things go when we look at industry and we look at a lot of big industry big corporations you know there's a lot of companies that talk a lot about diversity you can go on lots of big footy companies and you'll see that there's a lot of these are our kind of these are our kind of um, statements. This is what we mean. This is what we stand for in terms of diversity. However, the bridging the gap, moving the dial on diversity within organisations, you know, it does fall short of meaningful action. And you know, the dial is moving ever so slowly. Particularly if we just look at women in tech, and then if we look at women of colour in tech, that dial is even even slower in its movement. So, in your view. What do you think needs to change for women of colour to truly thrive in um, in tech careers? And um, Jaina, if it's OK, can pass this one over to you?
3: Yeah, 100%. I think it goes. it comes down to sort of organisations getting involved. And that could be through creating those safe spaces, celebrating, but also having those difficult conversations. So at Leonardo we have an ethnicity network or ethnicity inclusion network and I have recently been appointed as the vice chair which is so incredibly exciting because I joined the network as soon as I started my apprenticeship really because I felt that gap and I joined and I found this community that I absolutely adore and they're most incredible people and I worked through being a comms union secretary and I'm sort of appointed vice chair and it's about having those difficult conversations we i've hosted sessions on microaggressions and how to deal with them and work and we've created that safe space in person and virtually as well for those conversations to be had and those conversations to be spoken about and shone a light on really because it's about having them and making sure that after you have them there is progress and change made so we are identifying the problem and knowing that there are solutions and how to basically solve them so as well, as I mentioned, it's also about celebrating. So celebrating Salvation Heritage Month, celebrating Black History Month, celebrating our heritage and the differences we have as individuals, but how they actually all bring us together and how they all contribute to this community. We're also creating that work because it's about, again, like I mentioned, creating that safe space and ensuring that every individual feels comfortable to be themselves
0: whilst at work. I love that. And it's super Congratulations to you on getting that that vice chair. I know last time we spoke a few few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, um you were sharing kind of the work that you were doing at Leonardo. So it's amazing to hear that you've been moved into that vice chair position. So congratulations to you. And you know, to echo some of the things that you mentioned there, it is about organisations getting involved. It has to be more than words on a piece of paper, words on a website. It has to be lived within those organisations and I think the more that companies get involved and back up, and I think it's that saying of it's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable and having the conversations and, you know, having that out there as this is where we're at as an organisation and this is where we want to be. I think the more we do that, the more we'll start to see real change. And then the less, not the less that we have to talk about the topic, but it should just become hopefully an everyday that actually diversity in gender, for example, within tech is just not a thing. We're starting to close that gap and you know it becomes every, it's just it's just a, an opportunity for all. So I really like that. And so we're coming towards the end of the episode. So I'm gonna throw this question out to all three of you if that's okay. So given that you've all um come from apprenticeship programs and you've been in that apprenticeship programme um set up within your organisations. How do you think programmes like what you've all been on and what you're currently on now um, can help the tech industry to attract more diverse talent um, and really to help support closing that that gender gap that ex- exists today? I think it isn't just about, so something that's super important to me as well is just about
1: social mobility as well. And if we're being completely honest, apprenticeships is also a perfect to be fair, apprentices actually aren't as easy as I think people think they are to get now. They're actually more competitive than university offers are at this point because they are so heavily over. They are so heavily subscribed. And realistically speaking, at the end of your apprenticeship, you are getting the exact same degree as you would have gotten. How have you gone to do to uni to do that degree? So how have I gone to Manchester Met to do? chartered business management I'd be receiving the exact same qualification as I'm receiving now but I'm actually doing it in a fast track it's going to take me two and a half years and I'm going to gain experience along the way as well and also no student debt either so of course kind of like when you weigh up the pros and cons it's it's obvious I think which one most people are going to kind of go towards um so it is really a case as well of like Apprenticeship schemes are also going to support individuals from different communities that maybe they don't have the opportunity to otherwise think about the corporate world. I mean, me personally, I'm from Derby, so I don't, the corporate world, especially like the London corporate world, wasn't something that was ever really made aware to me. Um, I always thought I wanted to go to university and become a pharmacist and that's it. So when you actually kind of see the different types of salaries and stuff that's available as well, that's the kind of things that we, we want to be we want to be going towards. They're the kind of things that we want to be making aware of, especially from individuals in our backgrounds, because um, brown women are uh, statistically brown women are those who actually donate the most and give the most back to their communities, but are also um, statistically paid the le- paid the less at least amount of money as well. Um, so. It's just talking about kind of, you know, like the socioeconomic kind of benefits as well of apprenticeships and um, different pathways into into the corporate world as well.
2: I, I can add on to that. I completely agree with um, what Tara said there. I think go your, your question around how can apprenticeships help attract more diverse talent? I think the fact that appre- those who apply to an apprenticeship already understand what it takes to jump into works from, from the age of 18, right? Um and those individuals know, are already proactive because they don't have, well, they, they may also be applying to university at the same time, but applying to apprenticeships in themselves is something you have to take on independently alongside your your sort of A-level studies or your sixth form um During your sick form time, so firstly, you know that those who are coming through an apprenticeship route are already going to be proactive, organised. They're going to be ambitious. They're going to be looking to throw themselves in on in the in the deep end from from day one. And I think that's where you you start to see that these characters are actually more diverse than those applying to university. Um, I I found out that across the apprentices at at Goldman at um, JP at at Morgan Stanley sort of in in our um, tech space these apprentices are incredibly ambitious incredibly diverse incredibly driven and I think across the board those applying for apprenticeships have that innate sort of go-getter energy um, wh- which helps sort of tech industries who are moving at such a pace that these apprentices can actually keep up with compared to that there there may be some university graduates who've just um been doing their computer science degree at university. They've come into work and corporates have, have selected them based on technical skills, but they may not um be ready from day one to jump into the corporate world. So I think with an apprenticeship, you actually get The best of both worlds—you get the technical training, you get those, you you also get those people with those driven, who are driven, ambitious, motivated, organised, and they've learned those skills during the apprenticeship. So coming out of that, they're they're well-rounded individuals.
3: And finally, I think it all comes down to creating opportunities. I once attended an event um, hosted by AFBE, Association for Black and Ethnic Minority Engineers. And one quote that has stuck with me since 2021 was that opportunity, talent is everywhere, but opportunity is not. And I think those degree apprenticeships open that sort of floor for opportunity and for sort of women and ethnic minority individuals to understand that there are opportunities open for them to take that first step into the corporate world and for them to sort of open the door for what God knows is the next steps of their career and what they can achieve as an individual.
0: And I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think the apprenticeship route is just, it's a win-win on both sides, isn't it? It's a win for the employer that's bringing on 100%. these highly ambitious people that that want to go into work but still want to learn and they want to have that, that best of both world type scenario for themselves. And I think you're right, it opens a door to those that from... A social mobility point of view, maybe can't afford to go to university. You know, it's not cheap. You come out with a lot of debt, um, and it, it can be quite an intense environment. So actually, you know, or they might just not have that physical support behind them to be able to to kind of take them into to the the, the, the corporate worlds, and and it, it gives that opportunity to to be able to to do something that they probably never thought was, was an option. So I think the more these apprenticeship programs come up. The more the industry is embracing them, um, I think the more that we're going to start to see some really fantastic talent that possibly never would have got through. You know, they they haven't gone to those top ten universities that sit across the UK, and they haven't got those top ten degrees and everything else that they've got. Just a, such a well-rounded set of skills um, that it really kind of adds to to them, to industry, and to the future innovation of. Our world that we live in, like you mentioned, Sonal, tech moves at such a rapid sp- pace. AI in itself, it's just changing the way in which everything is going to be f- in the future. And I think being at the heart of that, I think, um, enables people to to really thrive and and support. And making sure that we have diversity at the bottom of that and that talent that's coming through is diverse and we have that diversity of thought helps us then to have a much more well-rounded um, tech world and the world that we're going to live in in the in the future I'm a big big believer in that as well so thank you very much for um, for sharing um, all of your thoughts and, and everything else I think in terms of kind of time we're pretty much there in terms of time and, and, and everything that we've, we've mentioned um, I don't know if there's um, anything you ladies would like to share how can anyone who's listening in today who wants to be part of the Brown Girl League connect with you? How can they connect with you individually um, or any other final kind of comments that you would each like to make? So if we start with you, Tara, um, maybe you can share how how can people get in touch with the Brown Girl League? And- Perfect. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So we are at the Brown Girl League on all social media platforms um and you know just as we've spoken about today how are we going to get more ethnic minority women as well in these spaces it's through supporting and championing um schemes schemes initiatives communities like the brown girl league just as you have as well kelly so thank you ever so much for giving us this platform today to speak on um and yeah don't know if jane or sonal you've got anything else that you wanted to add
2: yeah we're, we're more than happy to have a chat um all three of us are on linkedin as well so if you want To ask any questions reach out about our individual sort of career stories and helping make decisions we're all involved in a number of mentoring and volunteering initiatives too so if there's anything you want to know about um we're, we're more than happy just drop us a dm on as well if there's any room for collaboration
3: or partnerships feel free to get in touch we'll be more than happy to sort of partner with different organizations work with different people because we're all here to make the corporate world sort of more inclusive and more diverse and create those platforms for individuals
0: to thrive perfect well thank you very much to to, to the three of you it's been a really great episode um, i've really enjoyed speaking to you all and finding out more about your journeys um and your thoughts on the industry and obviously the brown girl league as well um and to all of our listeners that are tuning in to this episode of elevate women in tech Um, Please don't forget to subscribe uh, for more insightful conversations with trailblazers in the tech industry. Um, And yeah, we thank you for, for joining us today.